Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's 6 a.m. in the morning, and WABC has turned its attention to the one hour in the week where we talk about animals instead of people. And Welcome our back, problems. Folks. And we don't talk about Japan uh, and we don't talk about Libya. Yeah, we do. We talk about our pets. Yeah, we do. We talk about everything. But um, <laughs> I want to know I want to know how people uh, what people think about the um, the uh, music that we have at the top of the hour there, because we've got some people who think that it's great and others that think it's a, it's 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 a little. Sap. I'm in the great. It's camp. a little sappy. I, I'm in the great. The, camp the, over, the, the but... over the rainbow, you know, sort of, you know, it was supposed to be a you know, yeah, bigger, bigger picture kind of thing. So here, call, you know? call us at uh, 1-800-848-WABC and tell us if you think uh, the music's good or if we need to change it. It's uh, anyway, we're live. We're live from the station. WABC in high atop Madison Square Garden in New York City, 1-800-848-WABC. We have a great, great show coming up. Yeah, we got a good up. lineup today, folks, and, it's and an this amazing is a hot topic. topic. Yeah. Yeah. We say that every week, but this one really is. Yeah, this is the topic that uh, actually got Oprah hot enough to do a whole show on a couple That's of years right. ago. It's puppy mills. Without we're further ado, we're going to be talking about puppy mills, why they're there, why people talk about them, why they're so evil, supposedly. The factory why, farming what they of are. our best friends is an ugly business. Absolutely. But before we get into that, let's do a little bit of chatting as we usually do and look at the subjects of, of, the, of the week. And I guess you can't get into subjects of the week without talking about what's happening in Japan. And in this particular hour, we're going to talk about what's happening in Japan as it relates to the animals. And in our Japan. hearts do go out to all the humans who are affected by this tragedy in Japan. But yeah, there's. But we're going to be talking about the there's animals. There's a lot of animals affected too. Right. But because remember, 70% of U.S. households roughly have a pet. And I would presume, I don't know what the number is in Japan, but I would presume that a high. similar number is there. So at, for every human that's being affected, 70% of the time, there is a, a pet that's being affected by all of and this. And they're seeing the same things that they saw in Katrina, which is, you know, people don't want to, uh, you know, animals are being abandoned. And on the other hand, other animals are not being abandoned and people are staying with their animals at the risk of mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. own peril. It's well, amazing what, the bonding we see. What so. we've seen in other disasters is that the animals paid a higher price because, you know, if you're going to cut something on the line, who are you going to cut? You're going to cut grandma out or you're going to cut Fido out? And it's Fido that takes the hit. Yeah, there's no choice. So, but we so. just w- did want to mention there's a, a great organization that's based out in California. It's called the Search Dog Foundation. And uh, they've deployed some of their rescue teams to Japan. And uh, we had the pleasure of meeting Captain Bill Monahan and his dog Hunter when they came to our Beverly Hills fundraiser a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great guy, extraordinary dog. They did a demo for us at the event, and it was a pleasure to have them yeah, there. And, and they're uh, on the plane. And they're they, in the, Japan right now. What's really cool about this organization, not only in terms of what they do, but they're rescue dogs. They're rescue dogs right. that are paired amazing with firefighters, yeah. right, for search and rescue. Yeah, amazing And dogs. so uh, check check them out. Searchdogfoundation.org is their website, and you can read all about it. Right, and talking about um, our fundraiser in Los Angeles where it was the Glitterati that showed up, we have today we're going to announce, and we will be announcing for the next eight weeks because eight weeks from today we have our major fundraising event of the year, the only one that we do, that Dogs in Danger and the Buddy Fund does, once a year, the Walkathon on Sunday, May 15th at FDR Park in Yorktown Heights. And we're very excited about it. It's the, the biggest event that we, the only event that we do the whole year. And it is a huge dog loving, yeah. pet caring party. And, Big dog uh, fair event. Yeah. And Vendor booths and dogs for adoption. Of course, Dogs in Danger doesn't actually have dogs, but we have some groups that are going to bring some dogs that are yep. available for Pets adoption. Pets Alive is going to be there. Some great food by Panera. Thank you, Panera, for yes. donating some great food. Hey, to you know that event. we're the only—I think we're the only organization that gives free food out at our event. Good, good solid, free food. Anyway, free food. Yeah. <laughs> now, where are you going to get that, guys? You know, so so uh, this is the first time we're announcing it. We're going to be talking a lot more about it. We have live music, so we're going to have the band members coming joining joining us. Uh, mm-hmm. Shanna Wall. Uh, who is a starlet from uh, Amazing the Amazing Race, Race is going to be joining us. She's flying in from Hollywood with a whole bunch it's of her friends. There's going to be a lot more news about this, okay? So a, a lot of her friends are coming from uh, uh, The Bachelor. We had people know, from all, all over the country last year. California, Virginia, absolutely, and Vermont, Rhode Island, we and we're expecting a huge and, event mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. So this is the first time we're announcing it, but you will see it more and more appearing, creeping up all That's over May the 15th. website. May fifteenth, Sunday. It's a Sunday. It's from today. Eight weeks exactly from today. 
So having said all of that, I think it's time for us uh, to go take a commercial break, I guess. And then when we come back, we're going to be joined by Melanie Khan, who's Senior Director of Puppy Mill Campaign at the Humane Society of the United States. And we're going to start talking about the subject du jour, which is puppy mills. We'll be right back. When we first started thinking about dogs in danger, we had one overriding thought. Millions of innocent dogs were being killed in shelters each year in this country. And we realized there was no way for the public to know which dogs were going to die and when. That's when the light bulb went on. So we created DogsInDanger.com, where every dog gets a last chance at life. The good public embraced the idea, and more than 45,000 dogs are alive today, bringing joy to families everywhere. In today's economy, it's hard for anyone to part with their money. But Dogs in Danger needs your help to keep saving lives. If you believe, like we do, that needless killing is morally wrong, then do something about it. Please go to dogsindanger.com and make a tax-deductible donation. Just $18 a month will help us continue our life-saving mission. Donate to dogsindanger.com and do something good for your soul. Gain a body, save a life. dogsindanger.com Pets bring unconditional love into our lives every day. That's just one reason Best Friends Animal Society believes that every pet deserves a loving home. Best Friends runs the nation's largest sanctuary for homeless animals, but they do so much more. From helping community cats and delivering animals from overcrowded shelters and puppy mills to brand new lives, Best Friends and their members are saving animals from coast to coast every day. They're working with you and with humane groups all across the country to bring about a time when there are no more homeless pets. Join them. Becoming a Best Friends member is easy. Just visit them online at bestfriends.org and make a donation of any amount. With a gift of $25 or more, you'll receive a subscription to Best Friends Magazine. Your contribution to Best Friends Animal Society will support their life-saving work and help animals both at the sanctuary and around the country. Together, we can bring about a time when there are no more homeless pets. To learn more and become a member today, visit bestfriends.org. Barkable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. We're back on the air and uh, we're live from the studios of w- 77 WABC, high atop Madison Square Garden in the heart of New York City. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-WABC. Maybe we'll be able to get somebody on the line today. Um, let me introduce our first guest, Melanie Khan. She's Senior Director of Puppy Mills Campaign at Humane Society of the United States. Melanie, are you with us? I am. Good morning to you both. Good, Good morning, morning, Melanie. Good morning. How Thanks are you? Thanks for joining us. So what time did you wake up? Um, not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky you're not here. That's all I can say. <laughs> exactly. I'm not in New York. Uh, where are you? Um, right now I'm in Washington, D.C., Oh, so you're fixing up all the problems of the nation there, huh? Uh, We're working on it. One step (laughs) at a time. We've got dogs first. So, Melanie, let me start out. You know, the subject, obviously, is puppy mills we're going to be talking about. And let's just, for the audience, set the the record straight. What is a puppy mill? A, A puppy mill is a mass commercial breeding facility where, more often than not, the emphasis is placed on profits over the welfare of the dogs in those facilities. Um, we estimate that there are probably about 10,000 puppy mills in the United States alone churning out anywhere between 2 to 4 million dogs a year. Um, and what we have seen more often than not is because the emphasis is placed on profits, the dogs are, the breeding dogs rather, in those facilities are kept in just deplorable conditions given only enough to stay alive. So the dogs have matted fur, they're covered in feces, they're frequently given just enough food and water to stay alive to produce dogs. They have horrible illnesses kept in tiny crates for their whole lives with with no hope of ever running around the backyard like every normal dog. But Melanie, um, we have a capitalist society and right. as such, everybody's interested in making money. I mean, all of our society runs on the profit motive. So if the delineation in a puppy mill versus a non-puppy mill is, you know, the dogs are there for making money, I think all dogs are there for making money. Am I, am I wrong about that? I mean, there must be something else happening that says this guy is a good guy and this guy is a bad guy puppy mill. Right. And we do make a very distinct, uh, we believe there is a very big difference between a responsible breeder and a puppy producer. Um, 
what we would tell someone who calls us who says, you know, I, I want to get a dog, we would say first look to a shelter or a rescue because there are two to four million dogs that are euthanized every year in shelters that are homeless looking for homes. But we do recognize on the same note that people in our society nowadays want what they want, and there are people who want a purebred dog. And given you can get a purebred dog in a shelter, about 25% of the dogs in shelters are purebred mm-hmm. dogs, mm-hmm. but you do have to look. So if people do want to go to a breeder, we do recognize that, A, they have that right, and, B, we just tell them that if you do, make sure it's a responsible breeder, someone who cares about their dogs. And you know what? they may be making money, and we don't have a problem with that. What we do have a problem with is people who make money breed irresponsibly so that they can maximize their profits and put the health of their dog at risk. And on the same hand, when you sell a dog who may or may not have health problems, imagine the risks you're putting on the family, the emotional Mm -hmm. turmoil that can happen to a family who, who buys a dog and then finds out it's sick. I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars in vet bills if you can even manage to keep the dog alive. And that's one of the things that the puppy uh, that the, the pet shops count on. And we'll talk about the connection between puppy mill and pet shop in a minute. But they right. count on the fact that you're going to get attached to that dog. So even if it is ill, uh, the likelihood of you returning it uh, is going to be very slim. And and the the that's distinction right. that you make between puppy mill and breeder is a very important one because there's a big difference between commercial farm factory where the dogs are kept in these horrible conditions versus re- you know responsible breeders who know the parents certify you know uh, are are concerned about the the behavior the temperament, the health of the animals, a big difference, right? Huge difference. And, you know, on our website, we actually have puppy buying tips and have a whole list of questions that anyone buying a puppy should be asking of a breeder so that they can make sure they are not getting a dog from a puppy mill and are getting a dog from a responsible breeder. So what, what, what is, percentage? What, what is the test? What's the litmus test for somebody that absolutely insists they want breed XYZ, which you cannot go into a shelter and pick up. What can they do? Is there a litmus test that they can do to find out, is this a good guy or is this a bad guy? Well, I will answer that question, but first I do want to say that if someone does want a purebred dog, PetFinder.com, you can literally type in the name of the dog you're looking for, the state you live in, and it will pull up any shelter in your area that mm-hmm. has that dog at their shelter. So it's right. a great tool to use if you're looking for a or, purebred dog. Or dogsindanger.com. Yeah, dogsindanger.com. Although exactly. we're limited to municipal, yeah, we're, we're limited to municipal shelters, whereas uh, Pet Finder would, would of course, have uh, no-kill fantastic. shelters, no-kill shelters, and also the um, that, rescue groups. That the is rescue absolutely groups, fantastic. Right? But, you know, when you do that, you save a life, and that is incredibly important. Um, right. But the litmus test, I think you would, there are a number of things you need to look for. Number one, will the breeder let you come to their home. More often than not, we see puppy mill operators who will give you 10 different reasons why you can't come into their home. Though I've even heard people say that a puppy mill operator has told them, no, 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 you can't come in because I don't want you contaminating my, you know, my, my dogs. So they come up with a whole host of reasons. We tell people that it's, it's important to meet the parents of the dogs. So, so, Going in to the well, the mill or whatever, and meeting the dog is is one of the big pieces of the of the puzzle. Well, no puppy mill is going to let you in. Yeah, but yeah. The so point that's is, why the it's point one is, of the puzzle. Well, what percentage of dogs do you think uh, in pet shops come from puppy mills? Let's start there. Ninety-eight percent. Okay, right. So, 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 it's pretty fair to say that no, no truly responsible breeder is going to give their dog to a pet shop. Absolutely. So, if not. you're in a I pet shop, met. if you're in a pet shop, ninety-nine percent certainty that that dog came from a puppy mill. Oh, absolutely. I have never met someone who I consider to be a responsible breeder that would even consider selling their dog to a pet right. store. It just doesn't happen. Because they want to they want to meet the buyers or the potential families. Absolutely. They don't want to sell, they don't want to just sell to the when person. I was growing up, we got a dog. My family got purchased a dog from a breeder, not a commercial breeder, of course but a breeder. And that breeder put my family through three separate in-person interviews where we had to drive four hours each way because the breeder genuinely cared about who was going to be 
buying their dog because they cared about that dog like they would care about a child. And they wanted to make absolutely sure that we were good people and that their dog was going to be placed in a good home. And that is the difference, the very stark difference between a commercial breeder and a responsible breeder. Commercial breeders, as long as you give them cash, that's all they care about. And that's a puppy mill. A commercial breeder is a puppy mill. Yes. And a reputable breeder is going to take responsibility for the dog for life. So if it doesn't work out... They're, Absolutely. They're also, they're also Most reputable readers in the contract you sign with them will say, if for some reason you cannot keep this dog, you must give the dog back to me. They take full responsibility for it because they don't want their dogs ever ending up, ending right. up homeless. So the first thing is don't go to, don't go pet to a, a pet shop, right? That's the first litmus shop. test. And, and I will also say that one of the big areas where puppy mill sales are growing is not only in pet shops, but also online. Yeah. Now, more and more commercial breeding facilities, i.e. puppy mills, are advertising sales for their dogs on their websites, and they're able to create these, these very deceptive, very beautiful-looking websites where a consumer would never know unless they go to the property that it's a puppy mill. Right. So step number one, don't go to a pet shop. Step right. number two, insist that you're going to visit the the, uh, the location where the dogs are, correct? In person. In, in person. person. And, right. you know, just because someone will give you 10 different reasons why they don't want you there, um, it, don't if believe they're it. giving you 10 different reasons they don't want you there, right. there's, a, there's a reason for it. If, if you right. can't if meet the parents, if you can't meet the parents and know that those are dogs that you'd be comfortable bringing into your own home uh, or, or that you're comfortable with the conditions under which those dogs are being kept. Well, if they don't let you and, in, you, you know. know if, you don't, if they breeders, don't let you in, right. Responsible breeders, one right. other good thing to look for is responsible breeders do not breed more than one kind of dog. So if you've got a breeder who breeds 10 different breeds of dogs, they're a puppy mill. They're a puppy mill. Right. Okay. So there's a third test, right? So the yeah. first one is don't walk into a pet shop. The second test right. somebody can do is obviously ask to Meet visit the, the location. They're not going to be allowed to. That's another red flag. And then if somebody says, um, you know, I have uh, six different breeds, ten different breeds of dogs here. Which one do you want? You know that's a puppy mill. Because most breeders, you know, reputable breeders will only be breeding and one species. And you know species. what? Expect to wait. Because that, that oh, that's, that's the most way that it goes. breeders have wait lists. Right. And right. that it's unfortunate that you know I mean I waited I waited almost three months for my car but somehow people are upset when they have to wait a few weeks for a puppy and they say oh I don't want to go through all that trouble I'm just going to go to the pet shop and buy one and they don't realize right and you know the sad part of of it is is we get story after story from consumers who just didn't know or just didn't do their homework and purchased a puppy from either a pet store or directly over the internet from the puppy mill operator themselves and the dog got sick and cost them thousands of dollars in vet bills or had a genital a genetic disorder that could have been prevented by responsible breeding and it cost them thousands of dollars or even worse the dog died after a few weeks of bringing it into their home and you know everyone forgets when we're mm-hmm. talking about dogs we're talking about a family member. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're not course. talking about a car in your garage. We are talking about a dog that is in your home, mm-hmm. around your family. Some even sleep in your bed. So it is a huge, huge commitment. So why not make the effort to do your homework, do your research, and make sure you are getting a dog that isn't going to have difficulties mm-hmm. up front? So let's, let's out the... Let's out the bad guys. Which are the states that are absolutely the worst in having so many puppy mills? Well, the number one state in the country is Missouri. Um, Oh, my favorite. Yes, we estimate that about 30% of the puppy mills in the country are concentrated in the state of Missouri. Um, After that, we've got Kansas, Texas, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Um, We've got Iowa. Um, unfortunately, it's a problem that while it may be concentrated in, in, a, in five or six states, it's a problem everywhere in our country. Right, right. Okay, so let's talk about Missouri because that seems to be the, the, you know, it's the number one state. It's the one that the people went to the polls in November, as we know, Proposition B that limited, really basically may, may eliminate puppy mills in the state of Missouri. And I know you guys are involved. I know your president is heavily involved in, in, the, in the action of the legislature over there that's trying to overturn the will of the people. What is going on over there? You know, Missouri has, has 
been a very difficult thing to understand for anyone who loves dogs because 30% of the puppy mills are concentrated in the state of Missouri alone, which means... 30% of the nation is in Missouri. 30% of the nation. You're talking about a million dogs being produced coming out of of Missouri alone in a year. So not only are they keeping dogs in horrible conditions, but think of how much they're contributing to the pet overpopulation oh, in totally. our country. Oh, my God, yeah. It's, it's terrible. Um, so what happened in Missouri is in November, there was a, a voter-approved initiative that passed that increased the standards of care that dogs need to receive at these puppy mills. Um, and it's really common sense things, food right. and water twice a day, annual veterinary care. Right. Things that don't currently exist in the laws. So we wanted to change that to make sure that dogs produced in Missouri have basic standards of care. Right. And voters agreed. They passed the law. In because that's pretty common sense, right? And a lot, of people, a lot of people are shocked that you even have to mandate that. Well, and it's sad that you have to mandate that, really. We're talking about man's best friend. Right, right. So, so what happened? Continue. It's really sad. So... What happened, what's happened now is as soon as January hit, 12 different bills were filed in both houses of the legislature in Missouri to either repeal or gut Prop B. And um, there is a bill that has passed in the Senate that absolutely guts Prop B and one that is similar that is moving in the House. So it's very discouraging because uh, on two fronts, number one, the health and safety of a million dogs in Missouri is now at risk. In addition to the democratic system that we have in place, not only in Missouri, but in our country, voters voted for this law, and lawmakers are trying to overturn the law that voters just voted for. Melanie, how are they able to do that? Well, the, the laws, the way they are currently written, the statutes, it allows lawmakers to repeal and change laws. That That is their duty as legislators. The difference is... In my mind, these legislators are the same people that were elected by the people who just voted for this law. So it's very frustrating for me and I think for the majority of the voters in Missouri who voted for Prop B. So now, is there going to be legislators a, overturning it? Right. I read, is there going to be a legal challenge on this? Do you think that there is legal basis for a challenge on these guys overturning? Or do you think it's basically that's the law and you're going to live with it? Well, I, I I don't know at this point. I would say all options are on the table. Um, but it, it is a very, very frustrating thing when you consider that the health and safety of man's best friend is in jeopardy in Missouri. I, I, well, and it has been for a long time. It's just that the people finally voted to, to do something about it because the legislature for so long did not on right. their own. Uh, and, and it's really unfortunate to see what's happen- happening in Missouri right now. We, we try to follow with a little recap every single week. I read last week um, one of the senators who's in opposition to uh, to the Prop B, and I can't recall his name right now, but he basically said, you know, we're, um, we're, we're doing this and making these changes because we're concerned it's going to put the puppy mills out of business. And that's exactly what the that's Missouri exactly people wanted. That's exactly what the people wanted. Right. Right. But they're concerned that it's going to ex- uh, affect other types of farming in Missouri. So, I mean, well, that, that's the real battle that's going on in Missouri. It, are dogs a farming business or not? And, absolutely not. And that's, absolutely well, that was, yeah, not. that was more of a rhetorical question. I agree with you, of course, or I wouldn't be here at 6 a.m. every week. <laughs> but, um, but, but that's the fight that's going on in, in Missouri, and the people have clearly voted. Right. And, wow. you know, in, in a larger sense, we're talking about the democratic system. Oh, absolutely. And we are talking about, at the end of the day, valuing the life of these dogs versus the value of the money that these commercial breeders can make. And it's really sad that it seems these legislators have chosen to value money over the value it's, of it's life. Un, it's unbelievable, un, uh, unfathomable, disgusting is the word that I use usually on this program. And puppy I mills mean, have been around for decades, and the legislation exactly. has been, uh, they've been uh, unable to do anything about them on any great level. But you know what? The people have the power to make a change. Stop buying Thank puppies you. in pet shops. They do, and it it may come back to the people for a vote again in the future if the legislators do decide to defy the will of their own voters. And uh, is, has the governor said he hasn't said he's going to sign this thing once they, they pass the House, right? No, the governor has not made a decision as far as we're aware one way or another. 
He said, let's see what happens in the House. That's a real... Correct. Really so it's not, it's not a done deal yet, but as far as I'm concerned, it's a done deal on November 3rd when the people voted. It's a done deal, folks. Right. That's the way I see it. I, I think that's the way the majority of the people in Missouri who voted well, for Proposition B feel. Well, that's what they call a democracy. Last time I looked in the dictionary, that's what they call a democracy, and that's what we're supposed to be living under. So... I don't understand what this is, but it's gulag land as far as I'm concerned. You know, that, that let's what they're hope doing. That, that, let's hope that uh, Missouri does the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. We, we can only hope that at the end of the day, the members of the House and the governor will do the right thing. And you think there's a chance that's going to happen? Of course we think there's a chance that's going to happen. It's hard to believe that so many people would vote against such a fantastic law and vote and vote against protecting dogs in that state. It's it's really hard to believe that at the end of the day, the majority of the members of the House and the governor will not vote to do the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I congratulate you and I congratulate the Humane Society for being on the right right side on this thing and making it a major project. I know Wayne Pacelli went on the uh, Oprah show a couple of years ago and has made it a, a, the focus of the Humane Society. And I congratulate both you guys and, and, and Wayne, as well as the whole organization and yourself, for doing such a great job at making this a national issue and a national tragedy, which, which it is. Thank you. We appreciate that. And yes, as you said, it is a national tragedy. We are talking about man's best friend. Just a few minutes ago, you both were talking about dogs in, in Japan and what's going on. And we've seen video after video of dogs who have stayed by their injured owner's sides in Japan, wouldn't leave Abs- them absolutely. because of that undying and unconditional love between an owner and his dog. And that's what we're fighting to protect yeah, in this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. Melanie, you've been a great guest. Thank you very much. Sorry for waking you up in the morning, but we <laughs> promise to do it again. Thank great. you. Anytime. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks again. Go back to sleep. Have a good day. And we'll be right back with the rest of the show and another great guest. Hey, Brenda, what's the best way for the good folks out there to help their furry friends? Well, they can buy our Dogs in Danger branded T-shirts, mouse pads, and postage stamps. And you know those stamps are real U.S. postal stamps, so you can use them every day. Just think, someone else finding out about this cause each time you send a letter. So please go to dogsindanger.com and buy from our selection of logoed products. Remember, each purchase helps us save a life. That's dogsindanger.com. Sometimes people buy cookies as a gift for us to send to our soldiers. They tell us it reminds them of home. Emily is one of thousands of Girl Scouts who will send cookies to troops stationed overseas. Children shouldn't have to take abuse because they aren't strong enough to escape it. I want to give them a helping hand. Alicia uses proceeds from her cookie sales to provide mentoring programs at a shelter in her community. Selling Girl Scout cookies has taught me how to manage money, be responsible, and talk to other people. Tanya wants to go to business school and hopes to run her own company someday. On a visit to the food bank, I learned that in this economy, more and more people need help to feed their families. Morgan and other Girl Scouts are starting a project to help get food to those who need it most. Every Girl Scout cookie has a mission, to help girls do great things. Find your cookies now at GirlScoutCookies.org. Throw your dog a bone. Let him listen to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Back to Alex and Brenda. Welcome back. We're on the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, and we are talking about puppy mills. 1-800-848-WABC if you want to join the discussion. And our next guest is Jamie Lynn Rubin. She's New York City Program Manager for Best Friends Animal Society. Are you with us there, Jamie? I am. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. An East Coast guest. Yes. (laughs) A little easier. Yes. Now, you were supposed to take the train and be in the studio with us, but you chickened out, from what I understand. Well, there's a train (laughs) issue at at 5 (laughs) a.m. Right. There was no train, and I happened to be out of town this weekend, yes. So So there you go. Next time. (laughs) Next time. Yeah, it's it's quite the thing here. Although it's a little chilly, you can't see us, but we actually have our coats on in the studio today. not I. Yeah. It's a little chilly in the studio today. You know, when you're the first, uh, when you're the first, uh, yeah, early on, they don't fire up that heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're saving on the They're oil costs. That, yeah, you know? I guess that. So, so, uh, so, Jamie, um, how much do you think puppy mills contribute to the homeless pet problem in this country? Well, you know, we think it's a huge contributing factor. And as you know, Best Friends' mission is to create a day of no more homeless pets. 
So part of how we're going to do this is to expose the connection with a public awareness campaign between puppy stores and puppy mills. Um, and we want to fight against the puppy mills and the irresponsible breeding because, as you guys were just discussing this morning, the uh, incredible numbers, heartbreaking numbers of animals in our shelters in this country every year. And, you know, up to 30% of those dogs in shelters are purebred dogs. Well, they're coming from somewhere, you know. Right. right. So what percentage, I mean, they say between 2 million and 4 million dogs are killed, killed in the shelters. What percentage of that you think is coming from the puppy mill chain that basically produces the dog, puts him in the, in the pet shop, somebody picks it up, doesn't like the dog, and boom, it ends up in the shelter dead in that chain? Is What percentage well, of those deaths? You know, I don't have an actual number on percentage. It's a good question, though. I mean, you know, we do know what numbers are purebred in the shelter. Um, and as you said, part of that is certainly coming from people. You know, you walk by and best intentions, the unsuspecting consumer in some cases, oh, you know, their child falls in love with a gorgeous, you know, puppy in the window, and they want to be happy, and they love animals, and don't realize what's going on here. And you don't realize how it's been bred, and what genetic conditions could be going on, and they're not prepared, and with the money, or, you know, the just pain of the situation of getting attached to a sick dog or something. Mm -hmm. So there's from that end, and then there's... um You know, there's also all these animals that what do the breeders do when they're overpopulated with a certain breed? And as you guys were discussing, these big commercial breeders have so many different breeds. Mm -hmm. And what if one breed isn't doing that well that year? Where are all those extra right. beagles? Yeah, what did, what did and they the do? breed of the day. You know, yeah, when, exactly. when, when the Obamas went out and got their uh, Portuguese water dog, guess what? Demand for those right. dogs went up. When, when 101 Dalmatians was big, sure. guess what? Dalmatians went up, right? And so sure. that happens a lot. So, so what does a what puppy... Else? They're also creating new breeds, right? I mean, right. we see some right. of these designer breeds are trying to cross because we all need a new miniature something, right? right. I mean, right. it's right. kind of silly. So what do they do? Well, you, you brought up an interesting question. Okay, he's got 10 different breeds he's doing, and one of the breeds is just not selling. He's got 20 of those dogs. What does he do with them? Um, well, in most cases, unfortunately, they're going to kill those animals or let them die. It depends. I mean, you hear all kinds of horror stories of what goes on, and particularly in the Midwest, you hear a lot um, of the ways in which animals are, um, how they get rid of their animals, and you hear some stories, some bloggers will say things, I wouldn't even waste a bullet. And, you know, that goes into a little bit of one of our programs, which we call Pup My Ride. And uh, in that program, we are actually able to rescue and transport about 800 dogs a year out of puppy mills into um, rescues that are waiting to participate, that know what dogs are getting and that they have a demand for those dogs and mm -hmm. can get them adopted into homes. So we never pay breeders for those dogs at all. But there are in some cases where they're willing to just say, Give great, them take them off my hands and right. work with local groups or work with different mm -hmm. um, people that come by and say, I'll take these away, just let me take them away from you, and you don't have to worry about paying to kill them. Um, and, and those are the cases. And that could be the older breeding dogs or even, like we just said, the puppies, brand new, you know, little puppies that they have too many of that breed or they don't think they're cute enough or a minor medical issue they don't want to pay for. And so there, are, there are a lot of rescue organizations across the country, including, uh, you know, best friends who, who will try to help these dogs but yeah. the, the demand is just so overwhelming there's no way they can yeah i mean 800 do dogs when you're when you got how many a million dogs? i mean right. there's 10,000 mills our last melanie just told us there are 10,000 and, and, mills and, and when these dogs are being rescued the behavior and health issues that they are presented with i mean it takes a lot of rehab for some I mean, uh, jamie what are some of the health and behavior problems that some of these rescued mill dogs face well you know you often see um they're so traumatized in many cases uh as the puppy or as the older uh, breeding animals that were there for so long that lived their whole lives in these cages. It's interesting, one of the best friends of veterinarians, Dr. Franklin McMillan, has done an interesting study on the psychological trauma effects on these dogs from everything from a lack of basic love, basic human contact. They may have contact with other dogs but never with another human. Um, they are not protected from the elements particularly. Um, they just do get, as you guys were discussing earlier, the basics of basic food and water and really just enough to stay alive. So they could be quite traumatized when first brought in. Um, most, you know, he's been, this vet has been doing studies over following some of the dogs over years and 
they all the owners do report really happy results in most cases. Um, some take longer, and sometimes it's another dog that helps socialize, and that's why we're so lucky at Best Friends that we have so many amazing organizations and rescues that are happy to work with us and are willing to take in uh, certain numbers of dogs. Um, we screen very specifically so they know what they're getting by the breed, the age, the health conditions, the medical degrees of different situations they have going on, maybe luxing patellas. Um, there could be eye issues or sometimes skin issues. Uh, sometimes there could be um, splayed paw issues from living their whole lives on those grates that looks like, if you're not familiar, some folks would think of maybe in a, a chicken factory farming kind of yeah, thing, sure, open sure. grates, yeah. you know, or the bacteria, or if they're sprayed with anything. Um, so there's a lot of different conditions, tumors sometimes, um, sometimes heart murmurs, but um, because as we know, they'll keep breeding, and it doesn't matter when that mom dog is ready to have puppies again or ready to breed again, that's fine by them because it's a dollar. You know, the puppies are the dollar, so it doesn't matter if she's ill or what's going on there. So um, there's a lot of conditions, and we've had amazing luck out here in the New York tri-state area, actually, with the amazing, incredible people that are so willing to help and get these dogs adopted. And that's the best part of it is that we're filling that demand. So let's switch the demand and get rid of, you know, the supply chain here. If there's no demand for these small purebred mm -hmm. dogs mm -hmm. with the local stores, then... That'll do it, yeah. Right. Let's, let's supply those folks yeah. who want those purebred dogs by bringing them in, you know. Right. Uh, Jamie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but puppy mills are not against the law anywhere, right? I mean, this all these despicable conditions that you're talking about, these are not against the law itself, right? Correct. The ones that we're talking about, when we're talking about these big commercial breeders, in most cases they will be... Um, to, they will be licensed by the USDA, and that is if they're going to be selling those dogs to pet stores and they have over three breeding females, they do have to be licensed. Is that and a big in deal? In some cases, they, they are also licensed by the state. Is that a big deal? I mean, USDA licenses, do they do anything about it, or do they just collect a $50 fee? Well, you know, if, if there is, it, it's interesting because it, if there is an issue or a complaint filed, they can go in, and the inspectors, they do go in, but it's not that regularly. There's just such an overabundance here of the situation. They can't be everywhere. But if there's a complaint, they can go in and investigate. But let's remember, and this is something you guys just touched on earlier, that who is able to get in and make the complaint? once they're formed? So if that inspector isn't getting there until but complain, a year later... Com and they well, really complain about what? I mean, killing the dog is not against it. Uh, as long as you're giving him food and water, not giving him medical care is not against the law. Killing him is not against the law. What are you going to complain about? I mean, what part of the dog's treatment can people complain about? Yeah, there are some different um, definitions, though, that regard... Oh, in the big picture, you're exactly right, and that's really the bottom line. But the, there are some things about, you know, the size of the grades. Are the puppies so small they're falling through the grades? Are there some conditions... Um, do they look like they're so neglected and matted? What does that look like? Are the dogs running around free and roaming around this whole yard? Are there a thousand dogs running around, or are they being kept um, from the elements in some enclosed area, whether it's the cages, even if that's just six inches around them on all sides, that's still supposedly some protection but, compared to, you know, just running free in the elements. Right. So there's a very minor thing. Some very technical things, really. Yeah, you're yeah. really talking. And the only way you're going to know about those is if you get on the property and which, see that Which they won't let you. Correct. You're exactly <laughs> right. So there you go. There are your enforcement issues. And if you think about it, I mean, the real tragedy of puppy mills that we're talking about here is that this is legal. But the, the thing is that, you know, the public will of this country has reached a point at which, you know, it's not okay. People don't think it's okay, right? And here's if there are 10,000 puppy mills, and the USDA is also responsible for inspecting all of our agriculture facilities, right? Right. And there's 10,000 puppy yeah. mills. How many right. inspectors really are there at USDA to be able to handle 10,000 puppy mills plus I don't know how many agricultural facilities and farming facilities we have in the country they're also responsible for? So just right. on sheer number. Right, exactly yeah. right. If and you're a puppy why, mill, what, can you expect an inspection once every two years or something? I think that's about right right now, um, unless, 
you know, if something did happen and someone maybe reported something and you were put on probation or something was done, because then there's even that step. It doesn't even mean you're necessarily right. closed down immediately. And then what do we all do? We all jump in, all the different groups, because what does that mean if they're closing them down? How are they monitored and how are we getting the animals out safely? Right. What's going to happen to all those animals? Right. And so right now there's a lot of legislation, you know, we're all trying to support. Best Friends is trying to support. Um, and some of those, like you guys were just talking about Prop B, and different ones across the country that try to cap the number of breeding females, first of all, that these breeders can have because thousands... Well, that's the linchpin right, right. there, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the linchpin, how yeah. many breeding females you have because, you know, dogs going to produce only X number of uh, pups, no matter no what No reputable do, so. breeder is going to have 50 breeding females. It's I mean, just that's, not that's outrageous. Yeah. Correct. That's, that's right. Exactly outrageous. right. That's just outrageous. That's and, a factory. And let's, let, let's be hypothetical here, Jamie. If we were to be able to shut down puppy mills, okay, we were just to have this magic button here, you know, like the Staples magic button thing. So if I push that, then they That's shut the down. easy button. Yeah, the e- sorry. <laughs> sorry, the easy button. What would happen to the killing issue in shelters? What do you think would be, um, you know, the percentage of dogs that are being killed? How much do you think it would drop? Oh, I think I think it would be... An enormous change. I think it would significantly change because we wouldn't have that constant influx. I mean, it's constantly coming in, so it's constantly struggling. All of the groups across across the country, uh, individuals, it's a constant, you know, get five out, five come in. This kind of, you, as you guys know, it's constant right now. So if, if that could slow down and we're taking out suddenly, you know, and not so many are coming in directly to the stores and then left off and dumped off and so many extra surplus of, from the breeders, it would just be a, an amazing feat where we could start getting these animals just into homes. And they're going into homes directly from these shelters and rescues and from these responsible hobby breeders, uh, a whole different scenario for this country. Well, and in the yeah, long term, yeah. it, of course, it would have a dramatic positive effect. But in the short term, if you were to just make puppy mills illegal tomorrow and ban them, guess what? You've got about two million dogs that are all homeless once Well, yeah, short term, you've got a major problem. So, right. Well, that's something that I think all the groups together would be very happy yeah. to have that as a problem. <laughs> we, we take that challenge on, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we would all agree. That's okay. We could all figure that out. There's a timeline. We could all get together and figure out who's taking from where. And, you know, there's a lot of groups and a lot of adopters. And if there's a timeline you work out, um, yeah, I'd love that to be the problem. Well, see, Jamie, <laughs> that, that's how you know you're on the right side, you see? When you answer the question that way... That's how you know that you are on the right side of the good guys because nobody looks at a problem, okay, a messy, ugly problem and says, I welcome that problem unless they're really the good guys. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because you don't want this. You don't want two million dogs being dumped on the rescue community in one shot, but you're not walking away from it. You're saying, I welcome that because it will be an end, you know, a means to an end. So that's how you know. If you just needed a quick check, you're on the right side. (laughs) Thank you. So what's what happens to these mill dogs now? The, the the process is obviously they produce these dogs, then they go to the pet shops, and the pet shops. No, let me ask you. Uh, let me just go one step back. There's a lot of pet shops, especially in the Northeast, where puppy mill is a bad word. Okay, it's a four letter word. Um, pet shops will say They're our dogs do savvy. not come from puppy mills. They're when very you go in savvy, there, right? Okay. I have yet to meet a pet shop that will admit their dogs. Yeah. Is there any the truth to these? Um, is there any truth to that? Um, you know. I would love to think that. Unfortunately, I've never seen that to be true. Um, I think usually when pushed on it, when the consumer tries to ask, well, can you, you know, can I meet the breeder? Can I go out? Where are they coming from exactly? Can I go see? And they're supposed to be able to get the records. I've never seen this to be proven accurate, that they really are coming from this loving home, you know, um, 30 miles upstate or something. You they've know, I, they've become really, really good at, mar- yeah. at marketing. Well, I wait, mean, wait, wait. Because what do you technically- mean marketing? You mean they've become really good at lying? Yeah. yeah. Okay, marketing yeah. is not right. all about lying, okay? Right. That's a bad thing. That's my career. And they'll say our puppies come from breeders, come from great breeders in Missouri, not from puppy mills. And they'll say loving breeders. Loving that breeders. Helps the consumer too, right? right. Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> loving breeders. So they're lying. They're basically they're lying, you're lying. telling, to right. our, to our audience. Or they'll say right? they're USDA inspected facilities. Of course, we all know what that means, right? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right. So, so. so they're straight out lying. So if you walk into, and, and, and you know, especially in the Northeast where people are very, conscious of this they'll they will tell you you know what we do not work with puppy mills that are, are you know they come from loving homes it's, it's a straight meanwhile out line, there's correct? 45 puppies in crates right 
and another shipment expected tomorrow, and this is what they'll tell you. Yeah, so people need to learn the questions to ask, but they need to know if you're in a pet shop, that dog's coming from a puppy mill. Right, and I think that's very true. And what you guys were chatting about earlier, that it really is about 98% of the dogs in these pet stores. That just is the bottom line. And truthfully, in New York, New York is one of the top three states in the country to have the largest number of pet stores selling these dogs. There's California, Florida, New York. So, wow. you know, our cons- and I don't think by any means that's because New Yorkers don't care. I don't. I think um, people faked don't out. realize. They truly right. don't realize, and they love animals. I think it's best intentions, and they need to know. That's why it's so important what you're doing and exposing this. And as uh, Melanie was discussing earlier, it's really amazing. Many of us didn't even know when we were growing up. We didn't understand the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So we just and people have become like, educated enough yeah. to ask the question, but they don't understand that the pet shops have become savvy enough to lie to them. Yeah, I mean, California, right. You, right. you can't have a more pet-loving state in the California. union than California. You can't have one. And you're telling me that it's one of the top three states in having pet shops. Although now you'll see that um, there's a lot of pet store bans um, that they're enacting in different parts in California. As you mentioned, California has a couple of, uh, there's a couple of cities that have enacted those statutes now, so those pet store bans now. And uh, we actually currently have one uh, in West Virginia that's in the Senate now, a similar bill. Um, so that's something we could try to do. And Cal- you're right about California. And isn't it interesting? Because I feel that same way yeah. about the New York area. It's that's why I feel like people, you see how we all walk around with our animals and yeah. we love them so much. We all, you know, a lot of us live alone. It's like our families. But, you know, we may not have completely understood. And we trust the, the stores, these people in our city that say, oh, no, we love animals so much. And Or, or there's know. the reverse. I mean, I've actually encountered people in, in, in my experience that know, okay, I, I've done my part in trying to educate them about the issues of public. Meals, and they go out and buy from a pet shop anyway and just say, you know what, I just I rescued that one dog. Yeah. And, and that's so sad, isn't it? Because I think we've all heard those stories. And right. I think that's a struggle for all of us working in this area because sometimes it's people that we, you know, really care about, friends of ours, and you feel a little bit defeated. Oh, and, yeah. You know, Absolutely. Right. I was heartbroken. You know, when her best friend <laughs> right. did it. And, no, and my best I, I think, you know, there's no point in getting angry, you know, because that's going to just push them away further. But all you can do is show them more statistics. And, right. of course, they'll get you with that one, but then they get you with the next one and the next one. And then that means five more are sitting in right. that terrible, deplorable situation their whole lives breathing. It's a vicious cycle yeah. of suffering. It is is it best is. friends in favor of outlawing, outlawing not just pup, puppy mills, I, think, I know you are, but outlawing uh, pet shops? Um, we would love, it's not about we want to put everybody out of business and not be able to make an income, but we would love if people could go to more of a humane model where they could bring in um, dogs from rescues that would be um, there available at that shop and they could work out, we could help them work out situations with the local shelters or rescues. Um, And that has been done in California, actually. And uh, there's one being worked on in Vegas at the time as well. Uh, So that's the plan. And we could talk about, we understand it's your bottom line. You're making a living and your family's made a living off of this. And, you know, whatever your case may be, you do have to try to give a solution. So, sure, I would love to say no more pet stores selling from commercial breeders, 100%. But, you know, there's other ways to make money. You can have daycare. You can be selling, certainly in New York. I feel very strongly about this. Just the, you know, there's collars alone that cost more right. than my rent. Just you the know? pet supplies, okay? <laughs> right. exactly. I could keep several families in right. business. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I think those kind of stores, we love our dogs and, you know, our animals so much um, that there's no reason to have to just stay open to sell the dogs right. and to pay the pets, the pet breeders to get these dogs. You can supply from the rescues and be celebrated by your community, and more people will come in and buy well, the right. also, and also, why can't the pet shops become um, the educated uh, yeah. solution for people mm-hmm. to find an uh, appropriate breeder? Now, finding one is pretty hard. We, we, we were just talking about Melanie. Who is an appropriate breeder? Where is it? How long do I have to wait? How is the dog going to get here? I mean, there's a lot of issues about getting, a, you know, g- getting a proper bred dog into your home. Why can't the pet shop become the connection? Like a travel agent becomes a connection to worldwide travel. You can make your own plans, but it's tough. You know, you want to go to Rome and London, and you know, you want you want yeah. to spend X amount. You go to a travel agent, and he puts it together for you. Uh, why can't the pet shop become the same kind of thing? Become the the the, the aggregator of information for you, so that you can get. Uh, your pet. 
Yeah, timely that's and, a lovely idea, as long as they're really on board with getting them that way. Right. <laughs> right? And right. not the current situation saying that's what they're doing, and they're right. not doing it in some cases. But absolutely right. Um, I think that's a great idea. And I loved that you guys did go through earlier what some folks could know. They're certainly not going to just ship it out to you um, if it's a responsible breeder. There's some really telltale signs, and I think it's important people know that. Um, but, yeah, I would love that. I mean, we'd love to work with any pet store um, and any pet store listening even in the tri-state area that wants to talk to me. I mean, we'd love to help if you are interested in switching over to a humane model and understand what that means and be celebrated by this community, you know, and encourage your business there. Um, we're certainly very happy to talk that's, to anybody that's great. that Jamie, would discuss that. Jamie, this is this topic. I could talk for another two hours, right. but unfortunately, we got to go to break right away. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. We look forward to having you back. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm Brenda Bush, co-founder of Dogs in Danger. For those of us who live with these special creatures, we understand that they're so much more than just dogs. They're faithful companions to the end. They remind us every day that life is precious and brief, full of fleeting joys and missed opportunities. Each year in this country, millions of homeless dogs are killed in shelters. There is a better way, and Dogs in Danger is working to get us there. It's the last chance for these dogs. Dogs in Danger makes it personal, with names and faces of dogs on death row, and brings us all face-to-face with a painful reality. More than 45,000 dogs have been saved with the assistance of Dogs in Danger, but we still have a long way to go. So please, open your heart and wallet to one of the thousands of dogs waiting for a second chance at life. Visit dogsindanger.com and click donate to help us stop the needless killing of our best friends. Do it now before they run out of time. Right now, thousands of wonderful dogs are in shelters waiting for families. Meanwhile, puppy mills breed tens of thousands of puppies each year to be sold in pet stores or over the Internet for profit. Dogs in puppy mills never feel the touch of a kind hand or grass under their paws. They're forced to have litter after litter to produce puppies for sale in pet stores at high prices. At the same time, many dogs lose their lives in shelters because people choose to buy rather than adopt their pet. Best Friends is working with you and with Humane groups all across the country to bring about a time when every animal has a loving home and there are no more homeless pets. Through their puppy mill incentive, thousands of dogs have been rescued from lives of suffering and have become part of loving families. And you can help save even more. Text the word DOG to 90999 to give $5 to Best Friends Animal Society and help save the life of a puppy mill dog. Together, we can make the dream of no more homeless pets come true. Message and data rates may apply. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Honest talk, even when it bites. On 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Welcome back. And this is the section of the show where we do the uh, featured dog from the Dogs in Danger uh, website. And uh, first I want to say thank you to Nancy Franklin from South Haven, Michigan, for promoting Ethan, a senior male poodle at Richland County Dog Shelter in Ohio. Good news is Ethan was saved. We love to hear that news. Um, And the second dog, uh, which is still very much in need, Glory, a senior female beagle at Davies County Animal Control in Owensboro, Kentucky. And uh, and Glory's out of time. And the shelter says, Glory was picked up as a stray. She's about eight to nine years old. She's sweet, uh, misplaced, wants a home to call her own. Poor girl just wants a warm bed and a person to love her. Where so is she located? If you're interested, Owensboro, Kentucky. And they also write, unfortunately, we are a high-kill shelter due to the amount of animals brought in. If you're not local, we have transport services there you go so, transport right to new york on baby. our website on our website uh the phone number is 270-685-8275 well with those sounds i telling me that we're out of time again and this next is week. this is some subject i'll tell you puppy yeah, mills is. is a hell of a subject to be talking about but next week we have a fascinating subject do dogs feel love is Fido looking at you with that, that gloomy look, or is it the look of love? We don't know, but we have some experts that are going to join us. <laughs> that are, and tell us what you're going to be able to tell us what you think about 